You know what they say about business, right? Starting a business is like throwing a massive house party. I'll provide the entertainment and vodka. You show up ready to enjoy yourself. Hustlers, I'm Asenneth Horton and this is Hustle and Grow, a podcast where we take a normal person who's launched something completely badass and we get real with what makes them tick. Tammy McClure, so excited to have you in studio. And I'm I'm actually most anxious to hear um, about your story and what you guys have been able to create as your, you know, in your family and with your little slice of heaven there in, what is it, southwestern Idaho. And I want you to tell me and our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do right now. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm Tammy McClure, and I live here in Boise, Idaho. Uh, my parents started a winery, one of the oldest wineries here in Idaho, outside of uh, Cuna, it's a small little town where I grew up. Um, so basically, I was a farm girl. You know, I was child labor, working out in the vineyard, um, helping my parents pour <laughs> um, when it was legal, of course. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So I grew up um, outside of Cuna. Um, I have two older brothers and. Yeah, it was a hard time starting out the winery. Uh, my parents were on a budget, and you know, starting up a business is really expensive, especially a winery where you don't get your first crop until three to five years after you plant the grapes. So um, my mom worked full time, and my dad was um, pretty devoted to running the winery. Um, so fast forward, um, I went to college. Well, I met my husband. He was my boyfriend, obviously, at the time, but... Um, he studied geology and I studied fine art with an emphasis in graphic design. And uh, we knew we were kind of, you know, getting close to the end of graduation. And we knew the winery was a special thing and that we wanted to devote our lives to it, basically. We um, wanted to keep it going. And uh, my dad, you know, he's getting a little older. So we thought this is perfect timing that we just jump right into it. Um, so this is back in about 2006. Mm-hmm. So we play to our strengths. My husband's definitely more on the analytical um, chemistry. He took calculus for for fun in college. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Um, I'm definitely the opposite. I'm more uh, creative driven. Um, I'm more sentimental, emotional, you know, I guess the creative type. So we play to our strengths and Mike decided that he wanted to learn all the winemaking um, for my dad. So he basically jumped in around 2005. Um, I had one more year of college left and after graduation, we moved back down and basically just devoted ourselves to the winery. Um, it was hard at first because we weren't bringing in a lot of money. So we were pretty tiny at the time. Uh, so we basically had to build a lot of it ourselves. We started a wine club. Um, I started implementing more events at the winery, live music and just some of our summer activities. My mom is an amazing gardener. So um, we just wanted to get people out to the winery. Basically we're kind mm-hmm. of out in the middle of nowhere a little bit, about 30 minutes from Boise. So basically just creating, you know, excuses for people to head out to the country and come try some wine. <laughs> so you're thinking about everything that you've been able to accomplish, things that you've implemented, things that you passed, you kept with from when your dad had started it. And basically that passing it on to the next, um, passionate entrepreneur. Um, what are some of the things or one big thing that you've had to really hustle for um, to achieve your dreams? And what was something that you learned along the way? I think um, a big challenge when we 
decided to devote ourselves basically to running the business. Um, we had to create a lot of it ourselves because I don't think it was able to support both of us financially. Um, you know, Mike right after college was offered a geology job down in Nevada um, where he kind of the basic starting point is about $75,000. So it was like, Oh man, do we pass that up or, mm -hmm. um, but we decided the lifestyle of the winery and the farming and we just loved it. You know, every summer during college, we would go back to the farm and work on, you know, at the vineyard and run the tasting room. And so we knew that that's where our future, you know, where we wanted to be. So I think that was the challenge was actually, um, we had to create our livelihood. Basically we had to, you know, bring the income in so that we could live. Um, yeah. So we did over time. It's not an overnight thing. So you have to be patient and you have to, you know, we're lucky that we had a lot of loyal uh, customers. A lot of my parents, friends, you know, just supporting us. A lot of local customers that just come out year after year. So we were fortunate to have a, a nice base. Um, and a lot of the equipment paid for as far as the bottling line and yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's something that a lot of people deal with when they're trying to figure out how to um, make their business profitable, or even just so it sustains their livelihood. So that's a huge problem. A hu I shouldn't say problem. It's just a big challenge. And I think that's also something that scares a lot of people away from taking that big leap. And I don't know if you've seen the same thing, but I've yeah. seen it over and over and over again. So um, okay, so tell me about something that you're very, very proud of, like a, a big win for you. And if it's for you particularly or for the business, I would just Ooh, want to hear a big win. Um, I would say something that more recently happened was um, I had this idea in my head. Um, so we do a lot of labor out in the vineyard. Um, that includes, you know, like putting posts in and doing drip and pulling wire and all this physical work. And uh, this is when I kind of tested out CrossFit for the first time. And I'm like, wow, people pay big money to do all these workouts, you know, at the gym. And it was also about the same time as Spartan races became a little bit more popular. So uh, when I was working out in the vineyard, I'm like, man, I wish I could share this with other people, you know. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, but it's hard work too. So um, I had this idea in my head called, I came up with the name, uh, Wino Olympics. And um, I just kept it in the back of my head for mm -hmm. a couple of years. Um, and then a gym came into town called Camp Rhino, and that's the gym I go to. I do my ninja training at, but they were a great partner. Um, I reached out to Jen. She's the owner of the gym and kind of told her my idea about this Wino Olympics event, and she was on board. So together we kind of hashed out the details, and we um, had it this year, you know, same year as the Summer Olympics. Um, it was in the fall, but it was a 5K mm -hmm. obstacle race course at the winery, um, Basically, um, we worked together. They lay, laid out the course with about 20 different obstacles in between all the running. Um, and it started out back in the vineyard. It was super fun. Um, kind of weaved through all the rows. And, you know, we had a lot of difficult obstacles in there. And then it finished up in the gardens. And we have about five acres of flowers and dahlias and kind of weaved its way back up and finished um, at the wine station. <laughs> So it was kind of cool to have this idea that I always thought was mm -hmm. a little bit kind of crazy. Um, I researched and didn't find anything out there about it. So um, I didn't, it didn't seem like anybody else was doing anything like this. And 
And so I thought this was the year to actually execute. And it was a great turnout. We had about 100 uh, participants. Um, everybody had, you know, smiles on their faces. It was near Halloween, so we had a costume contest. So everybody had crazy costumes on. And, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. We even had a Wino Olympics mascot. It was this um, this male, beautiful man <laughs> with, like, a 20-pack. He had a shirt off and a little wine, like, toga with grapes dangling <laughs> off of it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> when I first saw the flyer for that, by the way, I was like, that's got to be Mike. But oh, it was not Mike. Mike's got, like, a, a four-pack, so... <laughs> He's got like a four pack, definitely not a 20 pack though. That's, that's great. Well, that sounds wonderful. And like, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, I, I have had the privilege to visit the winery quite a few times. So I did see the, you know, I did see you guys prepping for it, but I was not in town for the actual wine Olympics, but it sounds like it, it was a hit and you'll do it again. Are you going to be doing it every single year? We're still trying to decide if we should do it every two years, you know, kind of time it with the Olympics, um, which summer. So we're, we still haven't figured it out, but mm-hmm. a lot of people want us to do it again this year. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we shall see. Okay. Wonderful. So this is kind of a, a little bit of a telling question personality wise. And I want to hear like what three people that you would invite, like if you could pick anyone in the whole world in any span of time, what three people would you have? Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> them? Uh, oh boy. So my parents had me when, you know, they're a little bit older. My mom was 35 when she had me. So, and I hear all these stories about when she was kind of a young buck. Um, She was like one of the ping pong champions of Thailand, um, like a national champion and a really good basketball player. Um, So I think one of the people would be my mom when she was in her 20s. Does that count? Okay. Um, uh, One of my favorite Mm -hmm. artists um, is Frida Kahlo. So I think she would also be... um, invited to this party (laughs) maybe not Diego just we can leave him at home um and then also um does this count as one person the band ABBA (laughs) I you know what I think in this context yes it would would, totally um, count as one person so ABBA um, probably an authentic Thai meal my mom's from Thailand so uh, probably with some green papaya salad and mm-hmm. basically have a dance party and probably Frida would be painting a self-portrait <laughs> in the corner. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that sounds wonderful. No, just delightful. Oh, you're I, too. I love it. I'm like, I want to come. <laughs> I'm invited too. Okay, that sounds awesome. Um, okay, so then the last question that I've got for you before we go into the the super quick and fast questions is something that people Ooh, will never know or see. guess about you. I would say I'm a hug hustler. <laughs> yeah, so I went through this period okay. about the past five or six years um, where I would hug people, you know, <laughs> whether it's friends or relatives, and I would get called out for it. They, they started noticing the way I hug, especially my Uncle Mike. Um, he's a big guy. He's got this big belly. I call it a muscle belly. Um, and, you know, we would hug after visiting each other, and I would do this side hug. So I would kind of reach my right arm out and, like, grab him around the side and, you know, give him a little bump. 
Um, and he said, Tammy, what kind of hug is that? And my excuse was, is like, oh, I can't reach around you, Mike. You know, I love you. But, um, but my friends, uh, Mike and Kaya, also started calling me out because I would do these awkward hugs, <laughs> like side hugs. And so I, I did start noticing. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm a really bad hugger. So um, in the past two to three years, I've decided to really embrace my hugs, pun intended. So now I give a full okay. frontal, like, boob to boob or, or boob to man boob, big squeeze hug with, like, this huge pat, more like a huge slap on the back. <laughs> but I I um, have improved my mm-hmm. hugs, and I think there's benefits to my hugs. You might get your back popped, or if you're choking on something, you know, piece of meat. <laughs> I'll help you with that. So, Yeah. Okay, well, I, I love that. And I'm like, I now I can't picture. It's been a while since I've hugged you. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm going to make get that happen next time so. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Okay, so these are, you know, these are fast and furious. It's kind of like the the 20 questions in oh. 20 seconds, but I don't have quite 20 questions. But just quick, just quick and dirty questions. Oh, three, three tra- traits um, that define you. Tammy. I would say creative kind and strong, but maybe also stinky and disorganized too. Okay. That's it. You know what? That's, you know, it's good to be able to honor the things that aren't perfect, right? Or that aren't, aren't other people's <laughs> ideals, right? Because that's important to be able to get, to get dirty and right, work hard. You've got to be able so. to be okay with those ones, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, one, mm-hmm. one thing. Okay, besides obvious, you know, my family that. and husband. Um, I would say my Dahlia dog. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot in common. We both like food and sleeping okay. and, you know, belly rubs and back scratches. <laughs> uh-huh. No, that's awesome. Okay, Fav- favorite um, So I work Thursday through Sundays in the winery. So I, I do look forward to Mondays. Um, Mondays are kind of my quiet time when I can work out in the garden when it's not, you know, two feet of snow outside. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. See, and that's, that's so funny. People, most people start their work week on Mondays. So they would say when Mondays is not the favorite, but I do have the occasional Mondays yeah. so they can get in and just get it done kind of days, but yeah. that's wonderful. It's a quiet time for you. That's awesome. Okay. Um, <sighs> one of your biggest fear, fears. Um, Besides snakes, <laughs> um, I don't know. I've just been following, mm-hmm. um, oh, I would say falling asleep and then waking up in North Korea. Yeah. Oh. I mean, you know, just following the whole North okay. Korea, South Korea, it's just, it's awful what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree what's happening. And that's, it's interesting that it's a huge fear. Um, you know, most people would say snakes as their biggest fear, but I completely agree with you. It's that political, um, don't want to be stuck in the middle of all of that and be one of those people that's having to, right. Uh, I feel like, you know, we are just lucky, live. lucky people to live where we live and how we live and just having freedom, you know, not having a, corrupt government, um, kind of leading our lives for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, last question here. Best piece of advice for people who are creating or launching um, something I would say that they're proud of? My advice would be to embrace your talents and strengths, um, acknowledge your weaknesses, and number one is to work your butt off. I think you just need to really go after it. But also find your resources. We all have resources around us mm -hmm, to use. Mm -hmm. You know, we have friends that want to help and we have, you know, people in our social circles that are really talented at certain things. So I would say just make use of that and see what's around you. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, I love that piece of advice. Okay. Well, I am so excited that we're, uh, that we've had a chance to sit and chit chat about um, some of the things that you've been able to accomplish in your career path and um, can't wait to hear more updates in the future. This podcast was recorded by me, Aseneth Horton, your host of Hustle & Grow. I'm a serial entrepreneur and expert publicist. I've launched 11 different businesses of my own, including a magazine publishing company, both clothing and jewelry lines, and even a roofing company. I've also helped hundreds of businesses from startup tech to multi-million dollar enterprises run successful marketing and PR campaigns. On top of all of that, I have a confession to make. I sleep, dream, and eat business and never tire of thinking about the possibilities or watching these possibilities come to life when someone or some team is excellent at launching. You know what they say about business, right? Starting a business is like launching a rocket ship. You need all the support and ideas you can get. If you'd like to know more about me or our guests or the podcast in general, or if you'd like to become a supporter, please go to citylaunchpr.com forward slash podcasts. Music on this podcast is by Everything We're Not, and the production is by Ascendant Horton and Company. Ciao.